Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, joined today by my co-hosts. I'm Laura Bettacy with the Red Cloaks. <laughs> I'm Karen Rose with the Boston Red Cloaks. And we're thrilled today to have back uh, guest, uh, our recent guests, two of the hardworking people from Planned Parenthood of Northern New Hampshire. We're happy to welcome Liz Canada, Advocacy Manager for the organization, as well as Kayla Montgomery, Vice President of Public Affairs. Welcome. Hey there. Is there any other kind of legislation that's that affects privacy, that affects live free or die attitude. Are contraceptives safe in New Hampshire? Oh, well, uh, funny you should ask that question. So there is a bill right now in the New Hampshire State House. It's called the Rights of Conscience Bill. And so what this bill would allow is for a doctor or a pharmacist or even a cashier at a pharmacy to deny someone their contraception because of their own religious beliefs. So an example that I've been giving, um, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, when I was in high school. My doctor prescribed birth control to help me with some of my symptoms. And so I would go to the doctor, the doctor would call me the prescription, I would go to the pharmacy, pick it up. So this bill, would say that any of those people involved in that process could say, you know, my religion doesn't allow for birth control, so I am not going to give that to you. And that would be allowed in this bill. And so we're talking about birth control pills, we're talking about emergency contraception, we're talking about condoms as well. So that bill just passed out of the house last week. Mm -hmm. And so it is in play in the state house right now in New Hampshire which, I mean, boggles the mind, but is contraception safe? We'll, we're having that debate right now in our state legislature. Where do you think the Senate stands on that? It is, for me, it is too early to tell because there hasn't been a public hearing scheduled yet. It just passed out of the House last Wednesday. Okay. Um, so we are going to be fighting against this bill very, very hard because no one's religious beliefs should take the place of somebody's health care. And that's what this bill would allow. So it would allow folks to opt out of being in any position providing contraception, abortion care, or sterilization. So the implications of this bill, I mean, are so significant for rural New Hampshire, where there are just fewer places to go to access this care. So can't, can't say yet how the Senate is going to receive this bill, but we know it's heading their way. So we should expect to see it have a public hearing in the next few weeks. That's really frightening. Is that allowed in the live free or die concept? It is really surprising that a case for religious beliefs could even come up in this type of bill. This bill, exactly as it is, came up in 2018, for example. This bill was in the state house in New Hampshire in 2018, and it was rejected soundly, like three to one margin rejected. A lot of those same folks who voted to vote it down back then voted to pass it last week. So it is really hard to wrap my head around how we are in this position now where folks who obviously saw 
how problematic and damaging and against Granite State values this bill was in 2018 are now voting to pass it. It does seem like opponents are having a playbook where they distribute template legislation that is aiming to restrict access to reproductive health care. And so it it seems like there's very similar, appalling, but similar legislation, which saves them a lot of time if they're just emailing each other, here's something horrible to do. That's how it seems. It's cut and paste from Alec. It's plug and play and it doesn't take into account um, what's actually going on in the States, what's actually going on on the ground. And it's very, it's dangerous. And these bills are passing and, you know, it's very much so not, not the New Hampshire way. And, and so, so, so the picture that these, uh, these people are proposing is no contraception, no abortion access, just forced pregnancy on people. Because if you can't prevent getting pregnant and then you can't do anything about it once you're pregnant, then you have no choice but just to be forced into that pregnancy. And then what? I, I, it leaves me speechless to think mm-hmm. about what they have set up in their legislation that they are trying to push. So mm-hmm. I, I can never really understand why this is what they want for anybody, why they want this for, you know, their constituents, but also their family members, the people in their life that they love. Like this is going to affect all sorts of folks, not just people who they don't interact with. This is obviously going to impact people they care deeply about. So I, I don't know what they're seeking to do here or what they're hoping for. Um, it's just so, so frustrating and overwhelming to see that they keep pushing this type of legislation. What can what can supporters of abortion rights access do to help you? You can't be the only two people standing up on the mountain and talking about this. And I know you're not. There's plenty of advocates who who, who support you. But uh, how, how do how do our how do people get in touch with you? How do what what are the and what are the main um, actions that you think most help the, um, your cause and the cause of women? I'm sorry, people. So we certainly are not the only two advocates. There is no way that we could um, accomplish what we are able to do. And it is important to note that we we do have some wins. It's important to celebrate the fact that we have had some wins. Just last week, we defeated a six-week ban. Um, you know, there are some good things happening. Um, but the only reason that the good things happen is because of just a tremendous amount of coalition work, working with independent providers, working with abortion funds, working with groups who advocate on reproductive rights, reproductive health, reproductive justice. We are just a small piece of, of, of the pie. Um, and it takes, it really truly takes everyone um, in order to, to make an impact, in order to stop some of these bills and, and pass some good stuff. Um, we would, you know, always encourage people to um, go to our website and sign up for action funds at um, it's ppnhaf.org and uh, share your story. One of the most important things that people can do is share their stories of, of how they've been impacted by reproductive health, whether it's an abortion story, um, a birth control story, 
uh, whether it's about themselves, about a loved one, whatever it is, every single person has a story. And you might not think that your story matters, but it does. Every single person has a story. And we would encourage everyone to share it. Um, and, you know, donations are always really important for, for Planned Parenthood in Northern New England um, and for equality and Lovering, which are our two independent providers and Reproductive Freedom Fund, which is our New Hampshire abortion uh, fund. So there's lots of ways for people to, to uh, make an impact here in New Hampshire. And then for folks who live in New Hampshire, calling your legislator and engaging with them one-on-one. -on -one. You know, for our state reps, we have 400 of them. They are our neighbors, they are very accessible. And so giving them a call and talking to them and urging them to oppose anti-abortion legislation and pass legislation that's going to expand and protect access. You know, we have state senators to call. Those, that's where our bills are going next. I wouldn't say our bills, but that's where the bills are heading next that we're fighting against. So making sure to actually call your legislator, call that person, have a conversation, contact the governor too. Let the governor know your, your views on this type of legislation that's going, yeah. that is, has already headed to, you know, has gone to his desk, the abortion ban, but also ones that could and let him know that, you know, you, you oppose them, that you do not want to see this type of legislation passed. So it's donating to important, um, you know, the, the providers and the abortion funds. And it's also taking action by engaging with your state lawmaker. When people aren't sure about the, the call and what to say, we think it's always helpful just to like kind of model a call if, if we can do that, because it only takes like a minute. So if you're game, we just model one right now, um, if you're willing to, to kind of act that out, it's truly not hard and you can get it done like while you're at work, while you're running an errand on your voice phone, what would it yeah. look like to make a call? Yeah, absolutely. And one of, you know, for listeners who don't live in New Hampshire, I think it's really important to note that we have 400 house reps, which is the largest, second largest um, in the English speaking world, I believe. So there's a lot of them, um, which is tough when you're trying to lobby, but also really incredible for transparency because these are our neighbors. There are our teachers, our coaches, our real estate agents, our firefighters, they are regular people and they, um, you know, you see them around, you see them at the grocery store, you see them at, at school groups. So, you know, it's really important to just talk to them like you would your neighbor because that's what they are. They're representing you and they don't have staff and you can do that. You can just pick up the phone and call them. In New Hampshire, our state representatives are paid $100 a year to do this job. And so they don't have staff and they have a lot of bills that they have to vote on. And so, you know, what we can do as residents of New Hampshire is let them know the bills that they need to know about, that they need, that they're going to vote on and let them know what they are and, you know, how they will impact, if they're going to impact you directly, how is that going to be the case? And, you know, as Kayla said before, sharing your story, letting them know, you know, what your story is and how, you know, this bill specifically would impact, you know, your day-to-day -day life or your friends or whomever. Um, but yes, there, we have a very transparent state government because we have so many state officials to talk to. Hmm. I'm really laughing because I think it takes a while to get to a point where you feel comfortable for a lot of people just saying the word abortion out loud. So many of us are, have either family traditions or religious traditions that just don't even let you say the word. So it can be really difficult. And I think for people to know, even if you don't feel super comfortable, 
and you're not ready to like shout your abortion story, even if you just say to someone, listen, there's legislation, I can't remember the bill number, but I know there's legislation coming up about pro-choice and I am pro-choice and that matters to me. So please, when you're seeing legislation around contraception or access, you know, I think it's great to, to say the words, but you can make a difference even if you're not comfortable going all the way, it's, it's, you can still make a really big difference just by letting people understand where you're at. Do you have um, special bill numbers people should know? Yes, so some bills that are happening right now. So the contraception we were just talking about, that's House Bill 1080. So that's heading over to the Senate. I want to oppose House Bill 1080. House Bill 1625 would repeal the New Hampshire buffer zone law. That's our patient safety zone law. So that's heading to the Senate as well. There's also House Bill 1609, which is going to have a vote on March 31st on the, on the House floor. And now this bill is one that is a bill we wanna support. This one would add critical exceptions to the abortion ban. It would add an exception for rape, for incest and for fatal fetal diagnoses. So that's a bill if you're calling your lawmaker to make sure that they pass that bill. And then we have two bills that as they stand right now would narrow the ultrasound requirements. So House Bill 1674 and Senate Bill 399, both of them were amended so that it would narrow the ultrasound requirement to around 24 weeks. And I would say, you know, if you're feeling nervous about making a phone call, one thing you can reach out to us, you can reach out to Planned Parenthood, New Hampshire Action Fund. One of our many jobs that we do is helping folks understand what the bills are, if that makes you feel comfortable making the call, help you figure out who your state rep is or your state senator, where to find their contact information, what you can say, we can practice what to say. Um, we can practice how to tell your friends that these bills are happening because what I have found is that when I just casually bring, out, bring up what I do, People are like, so what's what's happening then? I'm like, okay, well, how much time do you have? I'm glad to tell you all the things, <laughs> but that we have to have those conversations with our friends and family because a lot of folks don't know. And so then we encourage them as well to make their calls. So you can always reach out to us. Calls can be very simple, as simple as like, hi, Representative Montgomery, my name's Liz. I live in Exeter, I'm one of your constituents. Um, I know you're gonna be voting on House Bill 1609 next week. And I really just wanna ask you to vote in support of that bill. It would add critical exceptions to the abortion ban. I want the whole ban gone, but I know that this is our opportunity to make it less harmful for patients. So I just ask that you vote in support of House Bill 1609. Pretty simple. They're, you know, Ooh. state reps, state senators tend to be really respectful and listen. And sometimes they'll say, oh, of course I'm gonna vote that way. And sometimes they'll explain why they won't. And that's also helpful to understand because just because somebody votes one way on one bill, that doesn't mean they're gonna vote against all the reproductive rights bills. Sometimes they help us understand you know, why they oppose a certain part, but the calls, they're not so scary. And you should call and thank your folks if they vote the right way, because that is a really good thing so that they don't feel alone either. We don't just call people to say, please do this thing. We also thank them for voting the way that is helpful for reproductive rights. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And we ahead. can always hold people accountable. It is not yeah. too late to call the governor and say that you are upset that, that he signed an abortion ban or to call the executive council and say that you're upset that they defunded Planned Parenthood three times. 
it's mm-hmm. never too late to hold people accountable. I agree. I agree. And you know, the way you're presenting it, it's just like telling a story. Um, it, 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 and it becomes your story and every woman's story. And when you do something like that, you, know, you, you start to realize you're not alone. There's others, there's a community. Um, and when you feel like you're not alone and you feel that you're part of a community, then you feel better and you also feel powerful. And that's a really great feeling because then you'll act. Uh, I just wanted to just quickly add too that um, when we were fighting the Roe Act here in Massachusetts um, and we were talking to legislators, a lot of them were saying that um, the people that were coming to them were the anti people, they were louder, you know, and, and, and that some of the legislators, especially the older white men, which there are a lot of, they, they were the ones that were kind of on the fence or didn't even know about this stuff. Do you find that that is the case with your 400 <laughs> reps up there? Yes, absolutely. It's very, you know, there's a ton of bills in New Hampshire. Every, every bill gets a public hearing and every bill gets a floor debate um, or the opportunity for a floor debate. So they, are, they have so many bills in front of them that they're not able to really invest in the time in each individual bill, which is why it's the responsibility of advocates to do the job to educate them, use grassroots to educate all of these representatives about what they're voting on, why it's so important. Right. I just wanted to circle back to the, something you said, which is so many people don't know what's going on. So if you're listening and you live in another state, but you have got a cousin, a college roommate, somebody you grew up with, somebody you know from work who... Uh, lives and votes in New Hampshire, share this podcast with them because literally they might just be really busy and not know what's going on. And so there's a way to build a much stronger alliance because if you tell your friend, hey, I heard this podcast, what's going on in your state? You might be the only person who brings this to their attention. This could be a core issue for them. And they just, they didn't know. And they may thank you for getting them connected, you know, so that they can reach out to Liz or to Kayla or to one of the organizations and get involved. And when the pandemic is so difficult and money is really tight, this is a way you can help without necessarily making a donation. Donations are great too, to help pay for advocates and for the kind of mailings and websites that you need to get information out. But here's the power of your voice and making a phone call where you can really make a difference in New Hampshire and you can be part of democracy. It's like the most important civic thing you can do here is is help get the word out to the people who are in that legislature. I did have one thing I just like to get out there, which is that pregnancy impacts people of all genders and that we don't always get to talk about it because state legislatures tend to be not very educated about (laughs) anything around biology, reproduction, sexuality, not words that they're usually talking about. And so I just wondered if you have any strategies for helping people, you know, embrace the fact that pregnancy impacts people of all genders, and that these restrictions will therefore harm people of all genders. Um, Is that something you've been able to communicate effectively or do you have tips for us? Yes, I think part of it is meeting people where they are because as someone who is non-binary, my pronouns are they, them, I also acknowledge that it can be difficult for folks to what they, what they describe as learn something new, right? Like it feels like learning something new. It has always been the case. People have always gotten pregnant, whether you are a woman or whether you're a person who, that has always been true. It's now becoming in a great way, more 
public, more discussed, more talked, more talked about. What we try to do is meet people where they are and call them in and help educate them. That's also part of our job is helping them to understand that these things are true, have always been true, um, using inclusive language and, and encouraging them to do so as well. And we, we know that people are all over the place when it comes to that, that journey. And so my personal philosophy is meet them there and help them move forward. Like that is, that is my responsibility as a person in this movement. Um, Kayla, what have I missed? I'm sure I've missed something. No, that's great. And, you know, it's um, sometimes just changing, just tweaking your vocabulary a little bit is something that um, it can feel hard at first, but once you start, it, it really just, you know, just becomes part of it. Like just replacing women with patients is a really easy way to just start making those changes. And it's, it's small, it's a small adjustment, but um, it's inclusive and it makes people feel seen. And that's really what we, this is a movement that is intersectional. Um, we need to be focused on the people who are marginalized the most by this. And, you know, wealthy women, wealthy white women are not going to be the most impacted by this. And so we need to make sure that everything we're doing is, is focusing on the people who are most impacted by these bans. And abortion bans are racist, and we know that. And so what we need to be doing is centering the right people. So anything that we can do to make sure that we are uh, inclusive and, and everyone is in the movement, um, the better. That's really helpful because we know the Women's Health Protection Act is a great piece of legislation at the national level, but even in its title, it's another sign that like our national legislature is a couple steps behind most of us who are thinking about this every day. And we just have to kind of keep going forward, but try to have these conversations among ourselves as advocates to just, you know, <laughs> move into the next century. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I feel as if we've really discussed so much depth in the, the spirit of democracy and the spirits of liberty as they pertain to all of us. And we've used it to talk about these surprising abortion bans and barriers in, in the state of New Hampshire and um, painful as that is um, with folks like you and Liz leading the fight and your organization, we can all be proud and we can all say glory to the people. <laughs> I just want to say we didn't see it coming in New Hampshire, but we can look forward to seeing these bands go away. Yes. It's a it's a good reminder for all of New England who thinks that we're like in a different spot. We're not. We need to. We we can't stop fighting no matter where we are. And it's and the website one more time before people leave is pbnhaf.org. As in Planned Parenthood, New Hampshire Action Fund. Action Fund. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. To learn more, visit Planned Parenthood of New Hampshire Advocacy That's pbnhaf.org. You've been listening to Red Cloaks Radio, a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Find us at bostonredcloaks.com 